Welcome back to another episode of the Executive Code Podcast. I'm joined here with Nicole, and Nicole has more questions that she wants to get answered. Um, and we're all here to help you as listeners as well to learn more about personal mastery. If you want to find out more, all our links are in the show notes, or you could come over to us on www.paulwilliamdavis.com and find more resources and tools there to help you, as well as our online community, the Executive Code community. So, Nicole, what have you got for us this week? Hello, Paul. So as more organizations try to diversify their workforces, and as a female in aviation, I often hear the concept of affirmative action being debated. So do policies and practices that seek to include particular groups of people, for example, based on their gender or race uh, in areas in which they're underrepresented, help or hurt them and the industry? Okay, that's a really, really good question. And it's a very, very deep question. That's what I'll say on that one. Okay. Here's the, here's the first thing I would say. First off, I'm actually very privileged. And what I mean by that is that, first of all, I'm white. I'm male. And I have, I'm considered middle-class income. So if you look at the population as a whole, I'm actually very, very privileged. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I actually mean it from the perspective of when I look at individuals that will be considered a minority in the population, I will never get to experience what they experience. So if a person of race or a person of color or a person from a particular income level goes out in the world, every single morning that they go out into the world, they've, in some respects, to look over their shoulder or they have to perform differently, or they have completely different worries or concerns that I'll never, ever get to experience, purely because I was born white, I was born male, and I was born into a middle-class family. So I may not be the right person to answer this particular question, to be honest, because in some respects, I don't get to experience some of the aspects of what somebody from a minority background or from a minority sector within society would actually experience and unfortunately get to experience every single day. At the time of this recording, we had a, um, an individual here in Ireland whereby she was a young teacher, she's 23, female, going for a run in the middle of the afternoon and she was murdered. In broad daylight, because she was young, because she was a female and she was murdered during the day and literally social media went on fire because the, the caption was she was going for a run. So even as simple as somebody like a white female going for a run could not even go for a run without the worry or the fear or the concern that she was going to be attacked. Now, how many females have to experience that every single day? So I, I can't even get to fathom that, to be quite honest. It's actually hugely upsetting, but I actually can't get to fathom what that must be like for an individual that's from a minority sector within society. And whatever that might be, whether it be you know, down to race or religion or gender or whatever it might be, I, I'll never get to experience that. So I may not be the right person to answer but I'll, I'll give you a few of my thoughts in terms of when it comes to policies and, and um, rules and all that kinds of things. Now, 
personally, I dislike rules, especially rules that are silly or what I consider as being silly. And the reason being is because you cannot legislate for every single situation in life. It's impossible. You just can't do it. And we've had so many different examples over the last couple of years when it comes to COVID from the perspective of governments trying to put rules, policies, procedures, and everything in place. And as soon as the rule comes out, there's a whole other areas within society whereby the rule just cannot work. So when people try to make policies and rules, that's what they're up against because now they're trying to cover every single circumstance, which is absolutely impossible to do. You cannot legislate to cover every single circumstance. So that's one of my issues when it comes to policy and procedures. And the second thing then is about, well, if we have to policize, for one bit word, if that is such a word, but if we have to policize or if we have to bring in enforcement measures in order for people to actually bring and make parts of our community inclusive, that says a lot about our society. So really, we need rules and regulations and policies in order to force people to do what actually is the right thing to do in the first place. So this kind of, where it comes to policies and procedures, for me, it's a bit like when it comes to ethics. Ethics is very much along these lines from the perspective of you cannot legislate for every single aspect when it comes to ethics. And I, I, I see... Uh, I see so many companies and corporations when they talk about values, for example, and they'll, they'll put up on their website and in their marketing materials or in their you know, employee handbooks and all the kinds of things. And they kind of say, but our values are honesty or our values are integrity or loyalty or commitment or respect. But what they don't understand is they're all ideals. And really, when you actually get to work with these companies, and get to talk to some of the individuals within these companies, when you ask them particular questions, you'll actually find that they cannot be 100% honest every single time. They cannot be 100% working with integrity in the lines of how they define integrity. They can't be 100% working with loyalty in every single aspect of their business. So values from that perspective, when people understand values from that side of things are actually trying to create ideals within a company that cannot be achieved. They're, they're, they're literally, they, they can't be achieved in the first place. So therefore all they've done is they've actually set themselves up for failure. And then what they try and do is bring in policies, procedures, and mandates in order to live by those values, those ideals. And the same thing goes with every single aspect of our, our society. For me, from my perspective, policies end up being more divisive than unity they end up being more exclusive than inclusive. They actually end up focusing and making more of a minority than the majority because the rule is trying to address a small percentage within, within a particular side of things, but it's a blanket rule and you can never have a blanket rule for all circumstances. So from my perspective, policies actually end up being more divisive and more exclusive. Now, could I be wrong in that? I absolutely could be wrong. Because, well, let me ask you the question. If you have a company, what's the right thing to do? Is it within the culture within the company? Or should the company be mandated in order to recruit 
certain individuals. Let's take the conversation from a different, different perspective altogether. Let's look at ability of an individual as opposed to whatever, whether they're male, white, or from middle-class background. Let's look at what can they actually do within the company. But it ultimately gets down to the culture within the company. And let's be inclusive. And from my perspective, and again, it's looking at it from, from a few different angles. Every single individual is unique. So if every single individual is unique, they have their own individuality. Let's look at how can we embrace the individual, the individual, can't even pronounce it. How can we embrace the individuality of the individuals within a company, within a society, within an organization, as opposed to trying to mandate for it? So let's educate as opposed to legislate. Let's look at what we can actually do to bring and be an inclusive society because there's so many areas in society that are divisive. All I have to do is look up social media or anything on Twitter, and you can have you, literally as soon as you open your, your social media, thankfully I don't spend too much time on it. But if I was to look at, at, at Twitter as an example, if I go into my Twitter account, I'd actually see on the feed on it debates going on against each other. So whether you're a cyclist versus a motorist, whether you're vaccinated versus not vaccinated, whether you're, you know, from one side of the camp versus the other side of the camp, the, the approach is always divisive. And let's have this argument as opposed to, no, let's see how we could actually make it more inclusive. So I, I, I kind of, I look at things differently from, from, from that perspective. Can, can you legislate for it? Unfortunately, in some circumstances, you have to legislate. But unfortunately, legislation is you cannot, on the policies, you cannot cover all circumstances with a blanket legislation or a blanket policy because one policy for one company may not necessarily be the right policy for another company. It's just my views. may not be the right ones, but just my views. I do think that uh, diversity policies help to a certain extent because people you know, tend to favor other people who look or have the same background. And these policies can sometimes help to push others who don't look or are from a different background forward to the attention of recruiters, for example. But yes, these policies are just a Band-Aid and they don't actually address the actual issue within our society. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, in an industry that's male-dominated, for example, it can sometimes be really hard to find mentors as a female. So for example, aviation, because for, you know, for whatever reason, some males may not want to develop a mentor-mentee relationship outside of normal work. Maybe they think it's inappropriate or you know something else, but it makes it very difficult for female mentees to find mentors who, you know, to develop their career, to give them advice on how to go forward. I wonder, Nicole, is it possible then to get mentors in another company, but not necessarily within the same company that you're working within? And therefore, they may actually be better placed to be a mentor because they're not in the same company. But then if we're talking about the industry that is, you know, mostly male dominated, whether you go to this company or another company, it's going to be the same thing, right? It's not, I mean, unless there's a company that has mostly females working for them, which is can be rare in, you know, some circumstances and not so rare in others. But 
if we're limiting, for example, a female in aviation to only female mentors in aviation, your pool of possible mentors just is that much smaller, is yeah, what I'm saying. Great. Yeah. It's compared to everyone. Yeah. But then I wonder, is it possible to, because I, I see this in, in my line of business anyway, is that you don't, as a mentor, I don't necessarily have to be a specialist in that particular industry. Because there's there some industries that I'm working within that I have no knowledge of how their industries work. But I'm, I'm mentoring the individuals within that industry on common factors that actually come up for people within companies. So it just depends on what you want to be mentored on and whether the, the, the competence or whatever it is that you want to be able to, to work on. And um, how much does the mentor need to be within that particular industry? Right. So for the more technical aspects, then you might necessarily need a mentor within the industry or within the yeah. same job scope. But for things like general, personal and career development questions, you could, you know, go to someone yeah. completely unrelated to the industry. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the technical questions, uh, you can even find answers to them on Facebook groups or, you know, forums and things like that. But it also obviously always helps to have someone you know in the industry who can tell you the latest most updated information as well absolutely yeah i totally agree with you um it just when it comes to career progression which is where most people want to, to have a mentor and working with them and um, the vast majority of elements when it comes to career progression are not technical meaning take take your role as a, as a pilot for you to achieve the career progression that you want to achieve is not necessarily down to your technical abilities. It's one aspect, but what tends to come into play is around our confidence levels or how we present ourselves or how we have challenging or difficult conversations or how we have that drive and a commitment and for whatever it is that we want to achieve within work within the company. Do we feel valued within the company and therefore do we want to progress within that company? So there's a lot of different aspects that come into play and a very, very small percentage when it comes to career progression, a very small percentage actually gets down to the technical ability of our technical knowledge. And as you say, you, you, you can find that technical knowledge from other areas, whether it be online forums or Facebook groups or whatever it might be. And one thing I've noticed in aviation is that a lot of, uh, for example, female pilots, they had you know either a family member, whether it's a, a close family member, like a dad, or an uncle, or maybe like even a cousin or grandfather who was also a pilot in aviation or worked in aviation somehow. So they were able to kind of see themselves in that role early on, even if, you know, they didn't have female role models, for example. But it also helps when at a young age you are exposed and you see that it's a possibility for yourself, even if you don't have anyone else in aviation around you um, in terms of your family. So maybe having more, for example, females in aviation, it will snowball into, you know, the numbers increasing just because it becomes more commonplace, right? And so more and more people, more children, especially as they grow up, they can see uh, that as a possibility for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I've, I've definitely noticed a, an increase in the number of female pilots that will be sharing on social media. So that it's actually getting the message out as well that of, of what is actually possible. And even if I see um, programs here that would watch, whereby you would see female astronauts 
being interviewed and so on. So therefore, that that's all again given um, the younger generation or um, kids that are in school thinking about okay, so what their career that they might go into. If they're seeing a female um, astronaut or a female pilot, it it gives them the inspiration to say actually no, that that is actually possible. But that, that's in all walks of life. Yeah, and that social media definitely helps to spread that message. Because yeah. it's just getting around a lot faster than it was, you know, 50 years ago, for example, where you had to actually, you know, board a plane and maybe you had a female pilot. And that was that might have been the only way you actually got to see one in person or, you know, visually. Uh, you may have read about them in the papers, but that's pretty rare, I would say. It depends on what if, if you're looking for a mentor, it may be worth looking at from for your perspective nicole to find out okay so what what are the elements that you want to be mentored on because you'll also get retired or maybe close to retired pilots as well whether it be male or female that will still also be able to be a mentor or if there's particular specialists within um other mentors that can work with, with yourself based on whatever it is that you want to actually achieve within your career path and to kind of reverse it how can we encourage more people to become mentors? Because a lot of people have the skills and experience and the knowledge, but they maybe either don't see themselves as good enough to be mentors or they just don't have time. Yeah, a lot of the time that they haven't even thought about it. Um, I know I've, I've approached individuals over my career path and I specifically went to them directly and asked them, would you mind being my mentor? And they weren't working as a mentor. They weren't working as a coach. They were here. These were CEOs within companies. And I went to them directly on a personal level and said, would I, I respect you? Here's what I want help on. Would you mind mentoring me for a period of time? So a lot of people don't actually see themselves in a position as being a mentor. There are aspects. Yes, you know, time is constrained for some people. But a lot of the time, I'd turn it the other way around and say, well, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that they want to do things themselves and therefore they don't even think about getting a coach or a mentor or whatever. Um, I'm in the coaching space. I'm in the mentoring space. So therefore I, I see it so much, but there's so much, so many people that they want to do themselves. And that's, you know, the best way of doing that is trial and error. It's ultimately what you're doing, but it's a, it's a, it's a longer approach. So if for, so there's two aspects is what I'm saying, Nicole. One is you get a lot of people that, don't believe or they, they believe that they don't need a coach or a mentor. And um, that's one aspect. And then there's the other people that don't see themselves as a potential coach or a potential mentor for people. But it depends on the individual. We're, we're talking here about personal mastery. You have complete control over your life, complete control over your life. So now it's a case of whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, well, then what is it that you need to do or what is it that you want to do in order to achieve what it is that you want to do? So if you have complete control over your life, which you do, now it's a case of what do you need to do in order to get to where you want to get to? So if you need to seek out individuals, whether it be, um, you know, for, for yourself, Nicole, whether it be pilots that are near retirement or close to retirement or past retirement or whether it be males or females, the first thing human nature is we want to help. And your first approach is, for, which was mine over, over my career path, was my approach to the individuals, the CEOs, was I need your help. Here's the areas that I would love 
to get your help on, would you mind being my mentor? So human nature is we do want to help as a, as a generally as a species. We want to help other people. So whatever it is you want to achieve in your career path, first thing you got to do is you got to ask. Yeah, and that can be difficult, especially um, to ask you know someone to be your mentor, especially if you don't already know the person personally. So I think mentorship programs, especially the ones where you either sign up to be a mentee, a mentor, or both, and they kind of match you up based on your experiences and skills and what your goals are. I think those are really helpful. And then you can kind of try them, try each other out, I guess, for you know a certain period of time, um, make sure that you have X number of interactions over six months or for, for example and then if it doesn't work out then they can find you another one right doesn't yeah. have to be one mentor for the rest of your life <laughs> no you don't no you absolutely don't i remember working with a company and as part of a, a cso program that we brought in and um, so corporate social responsibility as part of that program we brought in we got the the managers within the company to also become mentors for kids that were in the disadvantaged area in the local community. So the kids were brought in, they would be mentored by managers within the company. And that was a phenomenal success, absolutely phenomenal success. The managers felt absolutely amazing because they were mentoring kids from a disadvantaged area. And the reward that they got from literally mentoring was just huge. And the kids got to experience what it was like working in a professional services company and learning what was involved, but also felt that they were being respected for who they were as, as individuals. So th- there's lots and lots of different ways of how mentoring can be looked at and how it can work. Yeah, you don't have to have the same mentor for, for your life. You can have them for a short periods of time. The ultimate part, what I would say, is there has to be that rapport between the mentor and the mentee. Um, if the rapport isn't there, and part of that is, is feeding into trust. If, if you don't trust the individual and you don't have the rapport, well, then it's, it's not going to work. But you, you, you'll know that for the, from the first couple of sessions anyway. Framing it as part of a community service program is a great idea, by the way, because you know, you're giving back to the community yeah. and by default, you're being a mentor to them as well. So it's not just someone who's you know just about to enter the industry or who's already in the industry, but starting young when they're really, really Oh, okay. So we've covered quite a lot on today's episode. Um, I hope you got a lot from it, a few ideas in terms of what you might do for your own business growth or your own career path. Ultimate question is, are you going to go out there now and seek a mentor for yourself? All the links are in the show notes. If you want to find out more about ourselves, come on over to our website, allwilliamdavis.com. All the links are there for all the resources. You can see us on YouTube and you can see us within our community itself. It's called the Executive Code Community. Come join us within our community. We have a free weekly mastermind meeting where we share our knowledge and help you on your journey, as well as other areas within the community, the executive lounge and the pilot's lounge in order to help you on your journey a little bit more deeper. So all the links are in the show notes. Come on over to paulwilliamdays.com and we'll welcome you there with, um, to help you and support you on your journey. But until next time, I wish you every success. <laughs>